Wow, great Cam, great leadership. Thanks, Andy. What a legend. Known Andy for many years, and mate, you just kept getting better with age, like a great bottle of Hunter Valley Shiraz. I sort of didn't get as much of a laugh as I would have hoped. Hey, I want to tell you that I actually do believe that God is here to do something transformational in your life. That I'm not here by accident, nor by coincidence, but invited by your great pastor, Pastor Lottie, to bring a message to you that I'm confident is going to help you. First of all, I want to just thank Pastor Lottie for allowing me to come and stand on this platform. Hey, Zai, do you want to pass that water up for me? Thank you. I do, I do enjoy singing. In fact, uh, in our church, I'm, I get really involved in the worship time. I sing loudly and, you know, lift my hands and all that sort of stuff. Uh, but I often have to stand next to our service leader and he can't sing. He can't hold one note in a song. He's hopeless and he's really distracting. So I've got to sing louder. And then for some reason he thinks he needs to sing louder, like, he, like I'm trying to create this atmosphere and environment. So as I get louder, he's thinking, oh, the pastor must want me to get louder. So he gets louder. But I tell you what, I really enjoyed this morning. I'm sitting next to you, standing next to someone who can actually sing. I was like, this is fantastic. I've got a worship leader up here. I've got one down here. This is, this is heaven. Heaven on earth. Hey, what else was I going to say? That's right. I was going to say, thanks to Pastor Lottie for um, allowing me to come and share with you this morning. It is a great honor and a great privilege. As I mentioned, it's the first time I've been able to share here at Together. In fact, you've only been together for a little while. And so it's the first time that a lot of you have preached it together. And so I'm joining the ranks of those who are first-time together preachers, and it's a great honor. And uh, thanks for hosting so well. Josh, Josh is a great guy. Do you know Josh? How awesome is Josh? He is a great guy. He's a great leader. Do you know what I love about Josh more than anything else? He's got one of the softest hearts of a man that I've ever met, and so faithful. You know, the Bible says that if we are faithful to the end, trusting God just as firmly as when we first began, we will share in all that belongs to Christ. And I just believe, Josh, there's a season of receiving all that belongs to Christ. You know, there's sometimes in life you kind of, you know, you walk around kind of hoping and believing that there's a bit more, you know, in the, in things, in the things of God. You kind of think, I oh, just wonder, just hope, you know, maybe that one day there'd just be a bit more and you just continue to serve and you're continually being faithful and you're just doing the things you know to do. You're being obedient and you're serving your pastor well. You just wonder, I wonder what's next. I wonder if there's a little more. I just get a sense that season's on its way for you, mate. And we'll all be beneficiaries of that because of your servant heart. So when he succeeds, we succeed. When your pastor succeeds, we succeed. And you are succeeding. Wow. Tell you what, this place is looking amazing. It's fantastic. How great is the color? How great is the foyer? How great is the front door? How great is the car park? Not necessarily the actual parks, but, you know, looking at the church from the car park is fantastic. So you're in a great season. I hope you realize that, that this church is positioned in its healthiest season ever. Now, I know that things have gone on in the past, and churches often have a, a little bit of a, a road like this. And hey, so do we. Our lives are also a little bit like this. But I'm telling you that your church is positioned in a season like never before. The leadership that you have uh, got here in your church with Pastor Lottie and his beautiful family, um, Josh and Pip and your other leaders, I and mean, some of these guys on stage here this morning, you've never been positioned in a stronger place to be able to do what God's called you to do. So when you hear things about the vision and about how it's large and expansive and going to reach a lot of people, can I tell you that if you lean into what God's doing here, you'll see it and you'll be a part of it. I don't often do this kind of thing. I'm away from home, so I'm doing some things that are a bit unusual. What's your name, mate? 
Have I met you before? That's good. Man, as soon as you walked in, I was worshipping here, and I don't know how I happened to pick up your, you coming into the front row there, but as soon as you did, I just felt like there's something, something I don't like using the word special, um, but I would just say to you, and again, I don't, I don't do this in our church very much at all, so I'm doing it because I'm away from home and I won't get in trouble. So Josh, um, you know, obviously I know nothing about you, but there's something on your life that people are going to look at. There's something on your life that people are going to notice. I don't, think it's, I don't think we should use the word special, but God's got something in store for you. And, and it's, it's not just you that recognize that, other people do. So that the, that's an opportunity, but it also comes with a challenge. It means that you need to learn how to say no, and you need to learn how to say yes. Because a yes to one thing is a no to something else. And a no to one thing is a yes to something else. So if you leave today, if you leave with anything, just leave with this. Learn how to say no to what's not in front of you from God. All right. I'm running out of time to get this message. I've got 15 minutes left. All right, let's get started. Your faith, your healing. Your faith, your healing. Thank you, Lottie. We honor you. Oh, who am I? That's right. That's next on my notes. My name is Pastor Luke Main. I'm from Beyond Church, Cessnock. I know some of the people in the room. We're basically neighbors, aren't we? Maitland and Cessnock, sister cities. I have a wonderful, beautiful, amazingly talented wife who's high caliber, high capacity leader. I wish I was like her. Her name is Rachel. I married her when I was young before she realized she could have married anybody else. And so we've been married. This is our 20th year this year, on the 27th of November. So, yep, you should be clapping and cheering for that if you're under 20 years married. If you're over 20 years married, you're saying, well, you just wait. You wait until 22, <laughs> wait until 30. I get it. I get it. Uh, my wife is wonderful, beautiful, and she's high capacity. I have some amazing children, four of them, all amazing. Zara's with me this morning. She's our eldest, 14 this year. Wow, 14-year-old. I won't embarrass you, Zara. And then we have, because I have to ask permission before I mention anything about them from a platform. I think that's fair enough, too. Zara, Max is my 11-year-old boy, I've got an 8-year-old daughter, uh, and her name's Eva, and I've got a little girl, Violet, uh, some of her school teachers are in the room this morning, so you would know Violet, in fact you would know all my children if you're teaching at the school they attend, and Violet is the youngest child, hands up if you are a youngest child in the room, yeah, there's a couple of you, spoiled little brats, aren't they, youngest <laughs> children, you didn't see that coming? No, because you're the youngest child. We set you up. So she's, she's beautiful, and she's, she wants to keep up with all the other kids, even though she's only five, and she wants to be like the 14-year-old. And when we go out for dinner, in fact, we were out for dinner just the other night. Uh, it was to celebrate my grandmother's 83rd birthday, and she ordered the kids' meal, which our children order. Remember, Violet's six, and the other kids are from 14. So they all order the same thing, you know, hamburger and chips, kids' meal. But it's big enough, like Zara is able to, like she's just able to finish the chips and then struggle through the hamburger. And at this particular restaurant, they give you dessert for free. And so that's also on top of the hamburger and the chips. And, you know, Zara sometimes struggles to finish that meal. Violet, as soon as it came out, I said, hey, Violet, and the burger on this particular night looked fantastic. The melted cheese and really soft bun. I said, Violet, oh, can I have half of that hamburger? No way, Dad. No, you're not having any of it. Okay, what about a bite? No, Dad, not one single bite of this hamburger you're going to enjoy. I was like, okay. So she ate the chips, big plate of chips. She, I thought, she's not going to start that hamburger. Anyway, she eats half the hamburger. Violet, would you, do you mind if I have a bite? No, Dad, you're not having any of this hamburger. Anyway, I thought, well, she's, there's no way she's going to finish that hamburger. Anyway, she finishes the hamburger. When the ice cream comes out, I said, I said Violet... You, if you don't want to eat all that ice cream, you know, that's, that's fine. You can, you can save some for me. Anyway, she ate the entire 
Where do they put the food? She's six years old, plate of chips, whole hamburger, and dessert. I was surprised by how hungry she was. And, you know, the same I find is true in church. I'm often surprised by how hungry people are for what God puts in front of them. You know, sometimes you look at someone and you're not sure about whether or not they're going to really want to receive all that God has for them. But I just get a sense in this room this morning that you're hungry for what God wants to put in front of you. That you're going to surprise me and yourself about the, with the amount that you're going to be able to consume as he begins to show you things and impart things to you and, and put things before you. And you're going to want to just to take them in and enjoy them and, and love them. And, and maybe, but this time you get to share them with other people as opposed to my daughter, Violet, who doesn't like to do that. So are you ready? All right, I've got about nine minutes left. So here we go. Luke chapter 8, verse 40 to 48. Are you hungry? The message is titled, Your Faith, Your Healing. Your Faith, Your Healing. Luke chapter 8, verse 40 to 48. Here we go. When Jesus returned to Galilee, the crowds were overjoyed, for they had been waiting for him to arrive. Hey, the crowds were overjoyed because they'd been waiting for Jesus to arrive. When Jesus turns up, do you get overjoyed? Are you waiting for Jesus? And when he shows up in your life, are you overjoyed that he's here? The crowd were overjoyed. And just then a man named Jairus, the leader of the local Jewish congregation, fell before Jesus' feet. He desperate, I don't normally talk this fast because we've only got nine minutes left. Eight minutes. He desperately begged him to come and heal his 12-year-old daughter, his only child, because she was at the point of death. And Jesus started to go with him to his home to see her. But a large crowd surrounded him. In the crowd that day, I mean, I love that. I mean, I've been reading this verse for a while. And every time I read it, even in preparing for this morning, every time there's just something new. Don't you love that about the Bible? You know, if you're not familiar with the Bible, uh, you should just get into that. It's a good thing. And sometimes when you read it, just stuff just comes off the page and, and just speaks to you loud and clear. And I was reading this this morning. In the crowd that day, there was a woman. You know, to, to, be the, to be that woman in that crowd, you've got to be there on that day. There's great power in being in the room. There's great power in being amongst the gathered people. There's great power in being here today in the room because it was on that day in that crowd that Jesus brought that healing. And maybe you're wondering where it's coming from next. What's the next thing for me? Where's the healing coming from? Where's the breakthrough coming from? Are you in that room? in that place, at that time, with the people of God. That's one of those church attendance things. So be in church every week, is what I'm saying. (laughs) I don't do read between the lines. It's like, be in church every week. It's good for you. It's good for your kids. It's good for family. You're healthier. You're stronger for it. Um, Don't feel guilty if you're not here. We still love you. But we just know it's better for you when you're here all the time. So in the crowd, there was a woman on that day, and she'd suffered greatly uh, for 12 years from slow bleeding. And even though she had spent all that she had on healers, she was still suffering. So some context, this woman was socially excluded. She was unclean. The law actually required her to divorce her family. It was a legal thing that she had to do because of her sickness. She was excluded from the synagogue, so she was too dirty for church. So again, if you're in the room this morning and you're a guest or unfamiliar with church life, it's okay for you to be here, no matter where you're from, what you've done, who you are. You know, it's okay for you to be here. No one is too dirty for church. And those people that you're wondering if you should invite to church, invite them. They'll be fine because we'll love them. There's no one too dirty for church. She was excluded from the synagogue. And now she lives, this woman, because she's separated from her family. She's excluded from her church. She has to actually live outside of the city gates. This woman is desperate, desperate for healing. Desperate for healing in her body, 
but she's also desperate to be socially restored. Yeah? Not just for physical healing, but also for social inclusion. She needs a miracle of relationships, yeah? She also needs a miracle for, to be reunited with her family. And, you know, I'm going to pray for some people in about eight minutes, and we're going to, maybe nine, and we're going to pray and believe God with you that you will see restoration in your family. You know, God wants to restore broken families. He wants to bring healing to broken relationships. And, and I, just, I just really believe there might be one or two people in the room this morning who are believing for restoration in their family. I want to pray with you for that in just a moment. The, the woman that we read about here, desperate for a miracle, the more that she attempted to alleviate her issue, the more immovable it became. So the more she tried to do all the things she knew that she should be doing to get well, the worse her situation became. The more that she did all the things that she knew to do for her to get better, it got worse. I don't know if you've lived a day, but that's what happens sometimes, isn't it? That you do all the things you know to do for you to be better physically, emotionally, spiritually. You do all the things you know you should do but it just seems like everything's going backwards. For this woman, it had been a 12-year journey of doing every single thing she thought she needed to do to see breakthrough come into her world, and not only didn't she see it, but it actually got worse. What she saw as an immovable obstacle became more and more and more immovable. This is the woman that we're reading about this morning. And in verse 44, the Bible says, Pressing in through the crowd, she came up behind Jesus, and touched the tassel of his prayer shawl. Instantly her bleeding stopped, and she was healed. Pressing in through the crowd, she came up behind Jesus and touched the tassel of his prayer shawl. Some versions say the hem of his garment. And instantly her bleeding stopped, and she was healed. In a moment, instantly her bleeding stopped, and she was healed. You know what I love about this story? In fact, I love about this translation that it talks more specifically about what the rabbi was wearing, the rabbi being Jesus. The rabbi at the time, the rabbis would wear a prayer shawl, and the shawl would be long enough to almost touch the ground, but not quite long enough to touch the ground. And on the bottom of the shawl would be attached tassels, tassels, little, like little curtain tassels that you see hanging from some people's houses who still have curtains. Have you noticed that? So many houses, we don't have curtains anymore. We have blinds. Oh, I like that. Curtains collect a lot of dust. It's a sidetrack. I don't know why I'm talking about curtains and dust. We're talking about tassels. Focus, people. We're talking about a powerful moment of tassels here on the, on the hem of the rabbi's garment. And so the garment is almost touching the ground. And the tassels are there because they're a symbol. They come from the Old Testament and they're a symbol. They're a metaphor. They're a type. They're a picture of something. They're not just there because they're fashionable. Unlike, I mean, the only reason we wear anything today is because of fashion. But in these days, things meant things. And this meant these tassels were a reminder for the priests to pray. They represented the prayers of the people. And the priest would wear the tassels to remind them to pray because the tassels represented the prayers of the people. And why do they represent that? Because the prayer shawl was considered divine. And how would the divine touch the human or the earth? How would heaven touch earth? How does the divine, how does the prayer shawl reach? How does God reach his people? Or how do us, how do we, how do we reach God? Well, it's through the tassels. It's through prayer. It's through prayer. How do we broker the kingdom of heaven on earth? It's through prayer. 
And when this woman reaches out to touch the hem of the garment, the tassels on the prayer shawl, Luke records this in finite detail for no mistake. He wants us to see something here, church. Friend, he wants you to see something here. He wants you to see that when you reach out with an intention to broker heaven to earth and you reach out in prayer, you can expect to see something change. I love this story. At our church over the past few weeks, we've been talking a lot about miracles and we've been really encouraging our people to pray to see heaven come to earth in their world. I just want to read a couple of stories to you. Is that okay? The past few weeks, this is just from somebody in our church who just sent this to us. The past few weeks, I've been clinging to any hope that God can improve my circumstances. Even though I believe that miracles can and do happen, I wasn't sure I believed they could or would happen to me. Oh, come on. I mean, how many people? This This is what this person has sent us. Yesterday, God delivered a miracle to me. After a powerful message I heard at church, probably one just like this, sorry. Wow. Actually, it was Rachel preaching that Sunday. <laughs> uh, right, where am I? That's right. After a powerful message I heard at church, I felt my heart be changed. Come on. Sometimes God changes your heart in rooms like this. And I believe this morning, there's no mistake that God's changing your heart too. And there are one or two people who are sitting in their seat and they're saying, yeah, Luke, that's me. God's actually right now in this moment, totally changing my heart. Let me read, keep reading. Nothing about my circumstances was changed, but the great worry and burden I carried on my heart was lifted, and I felt a crazy sense of calm come over me. I even slept soundly last night, which I can't remember the last time that I did. I can't explain the feeling I had as anything other than a miracle. Another story. Hi, guys. I just wanted to... It's funny how people start their stories when they send you an email. Hey. Hi, guys. I just wanted to share with you the healing miracle our family received on Sunday. Evangeline and I received prayer for our conjunctivitis plague, which Evangeline in particular, so Evangeline is uh, seven, maybe, Zara, how old's Evangeline? Maybe seven, six. Is she four? She's about this tall. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not good with the details. So she's four. Well, that makes the story even better. I received prayer for our conjunctivitis plague, which Evangeline in particular has not been able to shake since January. Every time we thought it had cleared up and stopped and we stopped the medication, it came back within a couple of days. And in the meantime, my husband, my other son, they also got conjunctivitis and took a long time to get over it. Evangeline and I were still on the medication on Sunday and had symptoms. We stopped treatment Monday morning and have been clear-eyed ever since, praise God. It was so encouraging and such a miracle for us because I've been praying for healing and breakthrough for weeks and had become pretty discouraged so thankful for our miracle working god and our church family thank you god wants to do something in this room this morning i want to hear stories from pastor lottie in a week's time or two weeks time i remember i was in that service and 
Joshua was talking about the count me in, and it was, you know, we were still 30,000 down for the quarter, but next week a miracle happened, and we saw a financial breakthrough. We couldn't believe it. Or I went home and, and I had a relationship breakdown with my children, and I just got a sense in that meeting at that time that God was going to do something. And I, I, I'm just telling you, Pastor Lloyd, that, that something's changed, something's happening, something's shifted in the atmosphere of my family, and God has brought a miracle to bear. I want to tell you, Pastor Lloyd, that I've been suffering from an internal uh, stomach issue for months and months and months. The doctors can't even diagnose it. I was in that room at that time, in that place, and just really felt like God shifted something in me physically. And I want to tell you, Pastor Lottie, that God has brought a miracle to bear in my body, and I'm healed in Jesus' name. Miracles happen today, people, and they're going to happen this morning. Jesus suddenly stopped and said to his disciples, verse 45 to 46, let's get back to our story. The woman with the issue of blood, 12 years of suffering, reaches out and touches the hem of the garment of Jesus. And Jesus says in verse 45, someone touched me. Who is it? And while they all denied it, Peter pointed out, Jesus, Master, everyone's touching you, trying to get close to you. And church, let me tell you, nothing's changed. Everyone's trying to find Jesus. Everyone's looking for something. They might not be able to articulate that they're looking for Jesus, but they're looking for Jesus. They're looking for something. They're looking for health and wholeness and breakthrough and hope and purpose. They're looking for Jesus. Everyone is, is jostling, looking for hope, all trying to touch their Savior, Jesus. And Jesus says, Every, my, this say, Jesus, everyone's trying to touch you. Even in this room this morning, you might come to church week after week after week and just think, look, nothing's, nothing seems to change. Nothing seems to happen. I just can't seem to find breakthrough. Jesus notices when someone touches him. But what is it about this woman? What is it that makes him notice? Peter says, the crowds are so thick, we can't even walk through the people without being jostled. And Jesus replied, yes, but I felt power surge through me. Someone touched me to be healed, and they received their healing. Someone touched me to be healed, and they received their healing. I wonder why you are in the room this morning. Why are you in the crowd this morning? Why are you gathered in the room this morning? What are you here looking for? I want to give you permission this morning to begin to look for all that God has for you. Because if we come to Jesus and we reach out in prayer, and we take a hold of all that he has for us, we can see heaven touch earth. We can see miracles brought to bear in our world today, even in this morning service, even for you. Why are you here? Why are you in this room at this time? You know, maybe it is a physical healing that you're looking for, financial breakthrough, something happening, happening at work or in your business family crisis that you can't resolve you know God's got to step in somehow because nothing's getting any better I've gone a few minutes over I'm going to get the team up if that's okay and we're going to wind this up because I I just want to have a look at what's different I don't want you to walk away from this gathering this morning I don't want you to walk away and not step into the opportunity that God has got for you I don't want you to walk away and kind of think, oh, I wish I, wish I had maybe responded to that opportunity for prayer. But I wonder if, I wonder if I've got what it takes to, to be healed. I wonder if I can ask God for breakthrough in my circumstance. What was different about her? How did she broker the kingdom of God into her world? You know, I love the story. I love the detail Luke goes to here when he tells us about her, her journey to Jesus. And, and, and Peter, Peter says, there's too many people around you, Jesus. Who, how do you know who touched you? And Jesus said, I feel power go through me. And you can just see the woman in the story. And, and she's got she's to do a few things before she can get ready to receive that miracle. And, and one of the things that she has to do is she has to, she has to humble herself. You've got to remember her context, that she's socially excluded. 
all right? She, she's on the outer. She, she, she shouldn't be anywhere inside the city walls, and she's not only inside the city walls, but she's, she's reaching to touch a man, and she's not even allowed to touch her own family. She's not allowed to touch women. She certainly isn't allowed to touch a man, and she's breaking all the social taboos, yeah? She's willing to break all the social taboos and, and not worry about what people think about her because she's desperate for a miracle, and she knows that prayer is the answer. And so she gets down on her knees, yeah? She gets right down. She doesn't care what people think of her because she gets right down on her knees, and, and amongst the, the, maybe the hundreds of people that are gathered around Jesus, she's down on her knees and she's literally in the dirt. She's laying in the dirt. She's, she's in the dust of the earth. And, and right there in, in that place, in, in the most humiliating place, in the dirt, she reaches out in prayer and, and she takes hold of the only thing she can take hold of because nothing else has worked for 12 years and there's only one hope left and his name is Jesus and she reaches out and she takes a hold of all that she could find of him, just a tiny little bit of little prayer on the end of his robe. And as soon as she touched it, power released from him. And, she, and, and immediately he knew something, someone's touched me. So this morning, we might have to break some social taboos. We might have to get a little bit outside of our comfort zone. You know, we might have to get, we might have to get a little bit uncomfortable. But, you know, we're friends and we're family. And all we're going to do is we're going to pray. So what I'm going to do, we're going to sing in a moment and I'm going to invite you forward. And if you would like uh, me to pray with you about whatever it is that you would love to see a miracle uh, in, in your life, then I'll pray with you. It would be my honor. Verse 47 to 48. Oh, I love this. When the woman realized that she couldn't hide any longer, she did all she could to not to be noticed. And she couldn't hide any longer. And she came and fell trembling at Jesus' feet. Before the entire crowd, she declared, I was, I was desperate to touch you. I knew if I could just touch even the fringe of your robe, I would be healed. Jesus responded, Beloved daughter, your faith in me released your healing. Your faith your healing. This is your morning for a miracle because I know that you have faith to believe for a miracle. I do, I know. I know that you have the faith to believe. I just wonder if you're willing just to step outside of your comfort zone a little bit and maybe just come forward and just allow me to pray with you. I would love to do that. So let's sing. And as we sing, come forward. You can stand up to sing. Everyone just stand to their feet. Thanks, Cam. If you want to stand to sing, and as you do, come on, be brave, be courageous, be bold. I want to pray with you this morning for miracles in your world. I just get a real sense that there's, a, there's some family issues as well. You know, I just, in preparing this, I just really felt like there's some family tension and there's some family dynamics that God really wants to heal this morning. And if that's you, don't, don't miss out, I believe, on what God wants to do in and through your family in Jesus' name.